0: The Negroni My first bartending job was at a small bistro in the northern English city of Leeds. Happy Hour was actually Happy 3 Hours and it ran Monday to Friday. Drinks would cost £1.75 and this being shortly before the dawn of the modern cocktail Renaissance, the Long Island Iced Tea and the San Francisco were our biggest sellers. When I was presented with the task of rewriting that menu, I grasped the opportunity to perhaps bring a little old-school sophistication to the place. And over the 12 months that followed the launch of the new menu, I think we sold two Negronis, both of which came back relatively untouched. No, the good people of Leeds in 1993 were not yet ready to embrace the bittersweet charms of the Negroni. Fast forward to the modern era though, and for the last five years, BusinessInsider.com has hailed the Negroni as the second best-selling cocktail in the world quite how they calculate these things remains a mystery but it is undeniable that the Negroni has seen its fortunes change immensely in the 21st century a drink whose time truly arrived and Italy's greatest contribution to the world of mixed drinks equal parts gin, vermouth and Campari served over ice with a slice of orange invented in Florence in 1919 And now second only to the old fashioned in the popularity stakes, the end. If you've listened to the nine chapters that precede this one, you will probably let out a groan when I say that the history of the Negroni is sadly not quite as cut and dried as that. Rather than looking for unlikely proof of that first Florentine Negroni, let's instead try to find some drinks that merely resemble the Negroni. George J. Kapler was the head bartender at the Holland House in Manhattan and his 1895 book Modern American Drinks included amongst its entries the Dunderado cocktail calling for equal parts Old Tom gin, Italian vermouth and with two dashes of calasaya could this have been some kind of proto-negroni? Negronis of course are invariably made with dry gin not the slightly sweeter Old Tom that Kappler uses here so there is our first difference and Italian vermouth as discussed in previous chapters wasn't quite the same as it is today but that is a minor consideration in this context and Calassia for the uninitiated was a potable bitters similar to Carpano bitters or Campari not quite as sweet as the latter and not quite as red as either but not a million miles away taste wise so if we consider the use of a slightly sweeter gin a fairly familiar vermouth and a slightly drier bitters, we can imagine that this drink probably didn't taste dramatically different from a modern Negroni. Looking at its structure and considering the era in which the recipe was printed, it is abundantly clear that the Dunderada was really just another member of that gin and vermouth and something else family of drinks that also gave us the Martini, the Martine, and the Martínez. It is important to state though despite its similarities the dunderado is not the original negroni the dunderado never enjoyed any great fame or enjoyed any type of enduring popularity like so many other rolls of the gin and vermouth and something else dice it quickly disappeared without a trace furthermore the dunderado did not use its three ingredients in the equal proportions that we expect of a negroni no the dunderado was decidedly not an anachronistic Negroni prototype it was different enough to merit its own place in history but it does serve to illustrate the point that this combination of ingredients was kind of inevitable not just because they go so well together but because that was how bartenders were creating drinks in that era adding the hot new ingredient to one of the old drinks which we still do today if Capella hadn't created the Dunderado it wouldn't have been long before somebody else did no surprise then that before we first see a drink called a Negroni we can find a Campari mixed in France in 1929 a Campari net in California in 1943 a Campari net in Spain in 1943 as well and a tunnel cocktail in Madrid in 1949 all of which very much resemble the drink we now know as a Negroni indeed they all resembled the modern Negroni significantly more than they resembled the drinks that would quickly follow, sporting that aristocratic Italian name. I should interject here to mention the two characters most famously linked to the drink, a certain Count Camillo Negroni and one General, Pascal Olivier di Negroni. Various tall tales have the former, creating the Negroni by asking bartender Fosco Scarcelli to fortify his Americana with gin at the Café Cassoni in Florence, circa 1919 and the latter, a military general no less, creating the Negroni whilst stationed in Senegal in the 1850s, right around about the time that Campari was first created. Neither story is without its merits, but both have large holes and rely on unpublished materials as proof, and with little means of verification, I find it problematic to instill too much faith in them. Even if these accounts are grounded in truth, The fact remains that the drink cannot have been widely popular or well known as it does not appear in Italian newspapers or cocktail books of the day and people have searched hard. Until a believable reference is found and published, I shall remain unconvinced of their involvement. The very earliest mention of a drink named Negroni containing gin, vermouth and bitters that we can believe in comes from correspondence with the actor Orson Welles published in the American newspaper The Tribune on December 17th 1947 Orson Wells, working on Cagliostro in Rome writes that he's discovered a new drink Negronis it is made of gin Italian vermouth and Campari bitters the bitters are excellent for your liver the gin is bad for you they balance each other now that does sound a lot like the Negroni that we are all familiar with today but it is not a recipe no mention of the proportions is made nor if there were any other ingredients involved. And there may well have been. The 1950 book Footloose in Italy by Horace Sutton contains a smidge in more detail. For a more formidable fortification, try a Negroni. Vermouth, Campari, seltzer and gin. Or a Cardinal, a martini with Campari which turns it red. Sutton's Negroni sounds like it may perhaps have resembled this Negroni described six years later by Rupert Croft Cook. The most popular drink of the moment is called Negroni it comes I am told from Italy whence its cult is spreading so rapidly that it may soon take the place of the classic dry martini at any rate in warm climates you shake a dash of Angostura over a lump of ice in a large glass add about a teaspoonful of Campari bitters a wine glass full of vermouth a little gin a shaving of lemon peel and fill up with soda water that was from his book Tangerine House published in 1956 And both of those Negronis are lengthened with effervescent water to create cooling cups. They are not the concentrated tumbler of straight liquor, herbal essence and sugar that we expect today. Which in the heat of an Italian summer does actually sound significantly more refreshing and sensible in all honesty. Also of note, in the second recipe, the gin and the Campari are merely in a supporting role. The Vermouth is the star. These drinks sound a lot less like a Negroni than the Campari Net, the Campari Mixed, the Tunnel, or even the Dunderado did. If those reports were accurate though, then the Negroni quickly evolved, and by June of 1957, British society magazine The Tatler published a report from their fictitious contributor, Isaac Bickerstaff, describing the refreshments served at a party held in London by Italian International Airlines to celebrate the opening of their new route between... London and Sicily for an aperitif I had a Negroni a cocktail much in vogue on the Via Veneto in Rome and the Monte Napoleon in Milan this consists of equal parts of gin bitter vermouth and sweet vermouth and a dash of orange juice served iced with a slice of orange one presumes the journalist not being versed in the intricacies of Italian bitter aperitifs incorrectly listed bitter vermouth As the ingredient rather than the far more likely red Italian bitter bit of a move not really being a commonly used term my suspicion is that this drink probably resembled a slightly too orangey modern Negroni the longer fizzy version of the Negroni lived on beyond the 1950s even as late as the 1990s cocktail books would often list soda water as an optional ingredient or sometimes list recipes for long Negronis and short Negronis By the time the cocktail drinker of modernity's palate was ready to embrace the drink in the new millennium and propel it to the very height of popularity, pretty much everyone agreed that the drink should be comprised of equal parts gin, vermouth and red Italian bitters, that it should be stirred with ice, probably within the glass in which it was to be served, and that it should be crowned with an orange wedge. In fact, so convinced of this were the vast majority of people that even today most people presume that it has always been such. In August of 2013, Guardian newspaper columnist Jay Rayner sent the United Kingdom's bartenders into a collective Trumpian Twitter rage when he headlined his column, Gin, Vermouth and Campari, some call it a Negroni, I call this cocktail foul. And the curious bartender Tristan Stevenson caused similar consternation when he controversially named the Negroni one of his six most overrated cocktails in a 2018 opinion piece in the independent newspaper though the fury was somewhat overshadowed by his ridiculous inclusion of the pina colada on the same list I love Campari I love gin I love sweet vermouth but mix them all together in equal proportions and what do you get a Campari with a subtle hint of aromatized wine I fear that there is no convincing Mr Rayner and one does try to avoid him But maybe Mr. Stevenson should have taken a leaf out of dear departed Gary Regan's book. Though his seminal 2003 work The Joy of Mixology cautioned against playing around with the formula claiming the equal parts to be absolutely necessary to achieve perfection by 2012 Gary had undergone an epiphany and thenceforward favoured a Negroni where the gin was somewhat read quadruply more dominant Gary I must add also liked to stir Negronis with his finger not just when making one for himself but for anyone which is something I caution against unless you are him and sadly none of you are stirring though is important to the Negroni bringing as it does some much needed dilution maybe those Italian bartenders adding sparkling water to their Negronis in the 1950s were not so very misguided as dilution really does improve a Negroni if served the proper way on the rocks I find it one of the very few drinks where the last sip is definitely an improvement on the first a little melted ice runoff mellowing the drink significantly it's not just the proportions that can be played around with in the Negroni the formula lends itself well to improvisation with any one of the three base ingredients being eminently substitutable As long as the formula of spirit, fortified wine and poachable bitters remain, the drink is frequently good. Quite when these creations stop being Negronis and become horses of an altogether different colour is perhaps a debate for another time and place, but don't be too fearful of angering the cocktail gods. I do though tend to think it a tad lazy just naming these reimaginings, for example, Tequila Negroni or some such, though I'll also begrudgingly concede that such practice does quickly convey to the guest approximately what to expect from your liquid masterpiece so the negroni was always simply meant to be like so many of the drinks in this anthology its arrival was inevitable its creator was likely forgotten and over the decades we've nearly lost it once or twice we should be thankful though that it is with us now it's a truly marvelous drink one of the very best my dear friend Derek drinks his in one gulp Consuming them approximately five times faster than I can make them. Please don't do that. Savor them. Give the trifecta ingredients sufficient time to coalesce. Let the melting ice emasculate and cool the whole. What the hell? If it's for your own consumption, you can even stick your finger in it and give it a stir if you like. Notes on mixing the Negroni. I've never quite been sure why, but it just feels right to prepare one's Negroni in the glass that it's served in, rather than the mixing jug one would generally reach for when making a stirred cocktail. Maybe it's a reflection of the drink's unfussy nature. Ingredient collection can make or break a Negroni. One favours a sufficiently flavourful and strong gin. A London dry at 42% or higher is ideal. Conversely, when it comes to the vermouth, the delicious intensity of flavour found in something like Carpano's excellent Antica formula may be a tad overwhelming for the Negroni better to select the equally delicious but more forgiving Antica Classico sweeper move when it comes to the red bit I find the lower sugar content of Carpano bitters preferable to that of its famous competitor a stir of 10 seconds or so is sufficient to mix the drink and kickstart the all-important dilution one likes to give the orange wedge a friendly squeeze before dropping it in though the purists doubtless would frown at such behaviour